It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Do you like listening to podcasts? Of course you do. You're listening to a podcast right now. What about getting paid to listen to podcasts? Well, now you can. Sign up at podcoin.com and get paid to listen to your favorite podcasts. It's free. Get paid to listen, save up your podcoins, cash them in for prizes like Amazon or Starbucks gift cards. Or you can donate to charity like we do. Use our offer code SUPERPOD to get 300 podcoins on us. It's available in the App Store and on Android. It's the only way that we listen to podcasts now, and it could change the way that you listen to podcasts. Now on with the show. This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to bigheadsmedia.com for more great podcasts. We be dancing. We are dancing our asses off. And our mic stands. Yeah, you, you don't get to see that just yet. Squeaky, but. squeaky, squeaky. Welcome to a special Q&A edition of the Super Media Bros Podcast. I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okami. Got a few short questions, but we're going to make the most of it because uh, we haven't done one of these in a, a long while. And every now and then, we like to say, hey, come ask us something. And then nobody asks anything. But then, on the off chance that it gets retweeted, we get questions. And we give answers. Yeah. I think we had about the same amount of questions last time, because some of them were like two-parters. I know a couple of these are like a little bit of like, hey, this is a two-parter. Some of them can be more elaborate answers. And then, obviously, we have like the one or two that are like, what the fuck? You bastards. Like seriously, yeah. Oh, uh, but I'm I, I'm gonna just sit here and say, how are you doing, sir? That's my question to you. How are you doing? How am I? Mm-hmm. I am good. I mean, <sighs> nothing else. I've got my refrigerated carbonated caffeine here. I am doing just fine as well. I can tell. Mm. Shall just, we? Uh, just huh? sipping away. Just sipping away, sir. 
Shall we sip away and uh, get into these questions? We shall. Okay. The first question comes from Johnny Segura. You suave motherfucker, you. You, go, s- you sexy bastard, you. G- yeah, go go check his episode out that he did with us, uh, episode 30, uh, Gorilla Radio. Check that shit out. That was a lot of fun. He asks, how the hell are y'all so damn handsome? I don't know about me, but that's a very difficult question. Yeah, that's a... Uh, only because... It's, sub- it's subjective, man. Only because, A... I don't find myself that attractive. <laughs> Honestly, neither do I. To be honest. <clears throat> Side note A, fuck you, you are more attractive than I am. Yeah, Johnny's definitely a lot more attractive than 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 that. He how well, are I you, was how, talking about you, but you know. Oh, d- but no. yeah, he he y'all <laughs> y'all combined like put me in a dot like just way in the back and it's like, "Oh, okay. shut the fuck up." Okay. Just, I'm going to I'm, I'm going to go ahead and say we are so damn handsome because Gene Pool not Deadpool, but Genepool. Yeah. So you put that in your pipe and smoke it, sir. But Johnny, you were you were a goddamn beautiful motherfucker. You are just an elaborate god. Mmm. So <laughs> you should somebody should draw you like a French girl. Dude, yeah. <laughs> you just need to get some get himself in front of a mirror and just draw himself like that. I'd be like, okay, this is the best thing I've seen ever. Right. Go visit the the art of Johnny. Go visit the art of Johnny J. Segura the Third on Facebook, and also at Aranasia on Twitter. Be sure to go give him your ideas and commission him for some art. He's a fucking amazing gentleman. I can't tell you how much of his stuff I have on my walls. Like, I commissioned him for like two or three things by now, but the, everything else is stuff that I picked up on his, you know, in his booth. At uh, the Comic Cons that he goes to, mm-hmm. um, one of them I won from a Smash Brothers tournament, which was really awesome. But yeah, every everything is most of my artwork is his stuff. Like that's how much I love his work. Yeah, I've got some of his stuff too, and <clears throat> he actually created the episode artwork for um, the thirtieth one we did. Like before we started actually featuring prominently, doing um, like this is well before we got onto YouTube, starting you know putting our shit up there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's basically where it all came from uh, and boy are we awesome looking yeah hell yeah man he like a matter of fact the reason okay i'll re-answer your question dude how the hell are y'all so damn handsome because you fucking drew us that way dude i mean i still use that part of the picture as my instagram picture like that's just how awesome it is Mm -hmm. yeah i i alternate my um I alternate my profile pictures a lot just to kind of keep uh, current or whatever. But yeah, I definitely I used my uh, portion of that for my uh, profile picture for quite a while too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I may need to change mine up. <laughs> Maybe. All right. So the next question. <clears throat> some of these questions are from fellow podcasters, which I thought was pretty cool too. Um, so Ashley, <laughs> what's up, girly? From the creeper. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Hi, dude. Hey, girl. Yeah, Johnny, that's why we're so damn handsome. That's because we sound like that. Hey! Hey! How you doing? <laughs> so Ashley from the Creep It Real podcast, which is a really fucking awesome podcast. You should all go check out. Um, this was, and I, I need to, I need to, uh, to stress that some of these questions we, we were asked um, like around April, 
And we realized it's taken some time to get around to recording this, but we wanted to make sure we had enough questions to fucking do an episode. A substantial list, yes. Yeah. And enough time to think about it, too. Yeah, because I think she was excited for the um, the Evil Bong and Ginger Dead Man episode we did. I mean, who isn't? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so her question to us it was kind of like a duel because there's two subjects. Favorite movie to watch slash album to listen to while getting high as a kite? Not going to lie. I don't smoke. I don't have anything against it. Don't get me wrong. I just never got introduced into it properly. And I think a lot of the job scenarios kind of inhibit me from trying it. So that's just a a big, mm, can't really answer that properly. But favorite movie to watch, album to listen to, I mean, there's just way too many, especially if I'm just like in a specific mental state, per se. Um, there's really not a favorite album that I drastically have to go to like immediately. Um, it's usually just based on the genres of the music. Here lately, it's been more of the, you know, metalcore or hardcore metal, you know, just whatever kind of metal, but mostly like the Devil Wars Prada, um, uh, We Came as Romans, the Dance Gavin Dance, stuff like that. I have a playlist of just a lot of music like that. Um, I listen to a lot of the 80s synth wave, like our guys from Fix Neon, pretty much all of them, Pilot, um, um, God damn, I can't think for a second, LeBrock, you know, just, you know, Ace Marino, all of them guys, I have a separate play- playlist whenever I'm feeling kind of creative in a way to where I can actually have like a good mental flow to like put stuff on a paper or on here or whatever you want to call it. Um, outside of that, just I spam Monster Cat music mm. constantly, so... That's the music side. Movie side, I mean, pff, I, th- there's no definitive movie because while I have my favorites, there isn't one or two or a handful of, per se, that I can go to as far as like, okay, I'm feeling like this. I want to watch this because I don't really look at movies that way. I look at them as like entertainment value for one and then the quality behind it for two. So... Well, I can sit here and say, like, yeah, Star Wars, pretty much all the Star Wars films I can watch over and over again. Anything that was mentioned at the Derek Savage 420 Awards. <laughs> pretty much. As much as we don't like to name drop that bastard on our podcast in a positive note, yeah. Um, but, I mean, if you think about it, when we watched those mock Marvel movies drunk, I mean, that that was pretty much like an inspiration while we're fucked up. That's true. So, in a way, that one episode we did with the uh, the bulk um, uh, Captain Battle, Captain Battle, uh, Metal Man, Metal Man, and the Thor movie, yeah, Thunderstruck, Thunderstorm, The Return of Thunderstorm, Thor. whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, it was pretty shit. Those films definitely will incite being stoned or drunk or just on something because, like, you can't take those films seriously. <clears throat> Favorite. Move your album. Okay. I I do smoke pot. Very rarely these days, but I do. Um, as far as what to watch or listen to that would be considered a favorite, 
I know a lot of you out there would be like, oh, Pink Floyd's The Wall. Yeah, I mean, that's a good, obvious pick, but honestly, the movie and subject matter of the album are so goddamn uh, heavy. Ah, no. Now, as far as what I do actually listen to, um, Synthwave is perfect to listen to when you're kind of out of your head a bit because you can get lost in it. Mm -hmm. Um, As far as an album specifically, you're going to laugh at this, dude. I really like to listen to uh, Eiffel 65's Euro Pop. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, it's a, it's when in that mindset though, dude, you kind of get spaced out and you just start focusing on like more so than I normally do. You start focusing on like specific um, pieces of it. So as far as an album is concerned, that's one of them. And then um, I would have to say, um, the Shadow Task EP from Pilot is another really high one up for me because just in general, like Synthwave in general, but I really like that album a lot. But I also really enjoy the uh, Europop album from Eiffel 65 for a multitude of reasons. One, like it's a good one to listen to in that mindset. Second off, it's a, it's a complete nostalgia trip for me personally. <clears throat> you know, now that you mention it, I do gravitate to one particular album quite often just... It's it's more of like a fate based institute per se. Um, Discovery from Daft I was Punk. actually about to say the same thing because I catch myself catching one more time in my head all the time. So it makes me just want to go back through the album and the whole album. While it being such a good journey on its own, like is like you said with Eiffel, you pick apart each song and you start to pick up like okay, this part of the song. I forgot about this part. Yeah. Or I noticed it just now. And it makes you feel like you can do like creative, like thinking and logical stuff and processing and whatever you want to call it. So that's a, I, I guess I can say that would be a good album for me for certain situations. Well, that, that was going to, the reason I was saying, I was about to mention that because that ties into the movie. I like watching their, their interstellar 55, 55 mm-hmm. while fucked up beyond all belief on it. When I say, I say fucked up beyond all belief, like just, um, didn't we watch that like last year? We did. Um, I also I really dig their uh, Electroma f- um, film too. It's a, it's very um, it's very art house. It's very very art house based. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I have to say Eiffel sixty five zero pop is album, and then also Daft Punk's Discovery is like legitimately legit right up there with it with the Interstellar fifty five fifty five film. Um. I mean, obviously, stoner comedies are really funny to watch and shit like that. But I, I look for more of a like a mind stimulant rather than um, what's going to crack me up the most. Because mm-hmm. I, I enjoy my highs to be um, like a trip, um, not necessarily like a, oh my god, I'm just tripping out, but like like psychedelic, like woo. You know? It's not even that. It's just I, I like to be just calm, relaxed, and in my element. I don't have to get too excited about anything. It just depends on the strain I'm I'm smoking too. Mm. So it, there, there's that. But uh, like I said, it's it's a rarity. It just like depends on situation and you know things of that sort. But it is what it is. Not as much as I used to, but you know. So that's my answers. Yeah. Marlon from the Alternate Sides podcast. What's up, dude? How you doing? Asks us. <clears throat> what the fuck is up, Denny's? To answer that question, we don't even know. 
I, I really don't know. That's a funny fucking uh, meme vine thing that happened there. There was this uh, this band that played inside of a, a Denny's that I guess was closing or whatever. And they're like, what's up? What's up? What the fuck is up, Denny's? Why don't they do that at our Denny's? Actually, I think we can answer that question. And it's more or less us asking the Denny's here in Lake Charles, Louisiana. What the fuck is up, Denny's? Why do you suck so goddamn bad? Yeah. Like, you put the rest of the Denny's franchise um, on a very bad pedestal for us. I, I want. I, uh, how about this way? You're basically making Pit Grill right across the street from you look good. Fuck yeah. And and that's uh the the pit grill that's good is here in town where I live and KD's is obviously better, but you're Denny's. Like you have a fucking global national brand attached to your shit. You should be of the utmost fucking quality and you fucking suck. And I'm not talking about the whole company. I'm talking about this particular location in Lake Charles, Louisiana. Don't visit it if you want a bad time. Or if you feel like waiting an hour and a half for your goddamn food uh food and drinks. Or just to sit down. Because that's been a problem, too. They so, have all these tables. They're just like IHOP. They have all these tables open on one side of the restaurant. Yeah, I'm going to hop to a different restaurant. And they just they nonchalantly take their time. It's like, yeah, we'll sit you down like 20, 30 minutes <clears throat> after the fact. And I'm looking to the side like, hmm, there's a table right there. Looks nice for our butts to sit in, but no. <laughs> But yeah, that's yeah, that's that's what the fuck is up, Denny's. I bet I bet Marlon, I know you probably didn't expect that fucking rant from asking that question. But this, you got it. <laughs> this kind of goes back to our uh Patreon episode with the food. Yeah, if you guys want to subscribe to our Patreon and donate and shit, we put out exclusive content and uh one of the episodes dealt with our fast food experiences. So, that that probably you know, it's funny recording that one. Completely forgot about our Denny's experience together, and that probably would have made for a great story. But hey, we got to share it here, so you got some little little juice of content. Yeah, that's that's a teaser. <laughs> so if you want more of that shit, go go to our Patreon. You want the whole squeeze, the whole lemonade stand? Yeah, go to it. Not just a drop of lemonade. <laughs> Super Media Bros lemonade. Mm-hmm. Oh, market that. Yeah, write that down. Sweet and tangy. Fuck yeah. Sweet and bossy. That's it. Well, life gives you lemons. Do, 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 do. Squeeze them. Fourth question. <laughs> this one's from Kelly from Faves of Our Lives. Hey, girl, how you doing? Yay. I fucking love her, Brittany. This is more of a question for you, sir. Is it now? Yeah. Hmm. Says you've mentioned your dogs before. How many do you have? What kind are they? And what are their names? Well... There was a point that I had three, and I think I had shared one of them on our group chat, our group page at one point. Um, that one was Buddy. He was a Chihuahua Dachshund, mostly Chihuahua mix. Um, he was about a year when we got rid of him. Basically, we couldn't have more than three or two dogs in our area. So, to avoid the popos of the trailer park, basically. We had to knock it down the one, but we found a good situation for him to go to. But anyway, minus the fact. Um, the main two now, which we have the doofy one, which is Odin. 
He is a going on year old Great Dane, black Great Dane. And like I said, he is the doofiest fucking dog I have ever owned in my life. He really is. Because he'll, here recently, he does this weird thing with Jazz's Kong, who's the other dog. He fits the whole thing in his damn mouth and he'll just shake his head and go, rah, 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 rah. Like he's trying to like play rough with him. Like I'm just like laughing. Like, dude, you're 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 just so special. <laughs> <laughs> but he, like I said, he's, he's a good boy though. He's a he, oh, he's he's fantastic dog. Like he'll lay with you. He'll like try and you know be all sweet and stuff, and then he'll just break. Like he'll twist his body this weird contortionist angle and just sleep like that. And I'm like, how is that even comfortable? He thinks he's a puppy, dude. Yeah, he's like eighty something pounds of dog. He's almost as tall as me. If he stood on hind legs, he probably would be as tall, if not taller than me. Yeah, that's pretty fucking tall, too. And he stands about waist high to me, like, all the way up. I'm like, this dog is fucking big already. (laughs) And he sits on your lap like he is a lap dog. And this fucker, like, puts pressure on my dick and my balls. And it hurts like fucking hell. He owns your ass. So he pretty much brings the thunder down my my balls and, like, slams. Like, oh, shit. The thunder, too, down under. Yeah. Not from, but two. And then, like I mentioned, Jazz, she is a three-year-old pit mix, which she's the most lovable dog. Um, that is the sweetest fucking animal I have ever met. She, she, I've had her the longest because she trains so well. She responds so well to me, and she... She just has that face, like that pretty smile. Whenever you know pit bulls have that really good grin on them, like you can't you can't heart, help but melt. Basically, it's just so wonderful. But just she has an attitude at times, and is especially when she does the little ropes that we have. Whenever she gets out of her cage, she'll come and hand me the rope. Like I have my hand on a recliner, she'll put the rope in my hand. <laughs> And I know exactly what she wants me to do. She wants me to, like, fucking flail her ass, which she's, like, 70 pounds as well, so she's not real small either. No, that dog is all fucking muscle. She's dude. Yeah, she's a beef. So <laughs> Beefcake! Beefcake! <laughs> so if you can imagine, guys, me doing that rope training like they do in the gyms with her. Battle ropes with the dog. Like, they whip the rope and stuff. Like, yeah. that's me doing her, like, up and down. She's <laughs> this up and down. <laughs> And it's so fucking fun. That was a pretty accurate representation of what she sounds like. But what's even funnier is her trying to fight, or not really fight, play with Odin. Like, she'll growl ten times harder at him, even though she's just joking. Yeah. She's just, like, just really intense. I'm just looking at her like, holy shit, call me damn nuts And he has that whole, like, oh. Yeah, he's just like, oh. And she's just like fucking. She's the MGM like dub over with the guy doing the. <laughs> that's her, basically in a nutshell. But like I said, she's sweet, lovable, very well trained dog, and she, she's like my second child basically. Odin reminds me of Eeyore. <laughs> yeah, a very big Eeyore. Seriously. Oh dear. Yeah. I don't have a dog, Kelly. I have a cat. Who has his own Instagram? Yeah. Yep. Trickster underscore cat underscore Loki. The bitch is insta famous. Not really, but I do also have a snake. It's a white sided bull snake. I keep forgetting that, dude. It's 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 fucked up because like I know you do have a snake, but I always forget that he's there because he's 
you know. He, well, he's in my room. He doesn't really. He's climate controlled. Yeah. But yeah, he's a wide sided bull snake. He's about two years old, I think, now. Um, three feet, four feet. I'm not sure how long he is. I have to measure him. But he's about as. He's a little bit bigger around than my thumb as far as like size, like just a tad bit bigger. He hopes to grow one day into the size of the cancer-infested snake from Hard Ticket to Hawaii. He needs a Hollywood role, <laughs> and that would be perfect. Just come out of the fucking crapper. <laughs> Son of crapper snake? Yeah. <laughs> White-sided crap snake. Right. But yeah, yeah, like, yeah. But yeah, that's his name's Jormoon, so. Fuck yeah. But yeah, those are our animals. Yeah. Let's say Loki is just a plain old long-haired domestic black house cat. Emotional bastard. Yeah, he he uh, he's he's vocal when he wants to be. He's sweet when he wants to be, and he's an asshole one hundred percent of the time. He's like a sour patch cat. Sour catch kids. Mm-hmm. Sour cats kids. Yeah, he's he's a good he's a good cat. Though. Cats cats. He's a good sweet boy. Yeah, when he wants to be. Yeah. <laughs> he likes to sleep in shoes, and I think it's funny. Like well, I don't he, know what it is, but he likes to. He, he if anybody comes over to the house and they take their shoes off the door, he immediately like will go over and lay on their shoes, sniff it and lay on their shoes. Not only that, he seems to love me like, like him like so much more than everybody else. Yeah, he likes company. I think that's the thing too. Is anybody that comes over, he's just like, hey, new people, pet me, love me, and he's used to seeing me all the fucking time. So he's just like, dude, fuck off. Mm-hmm. I see you every day, Dad. Kiss my ass. No, thank you. Mm. Yeah, those that's our animals, and 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 we love them. They are they are they're secret slash not so secret uh, secret mascots of this show. Mm-hmm. So. Which y'all probably heard the dogs more than anybody, honestly. <clears throat> there was a. I'm trying to remember what episode it was. I think it might have been Monster Catastrophe. I can't remember the episode number, but that that title, I think, was the one where Loki meowed into the microphone. I think either you squeezed him into it or he was in the background. Just, no, I, I went to pick him up. I was trying to pick him up towards the microphone to get him in position to see if he'd meow. And I, I fucking picked him up, and I think my thumb caught his rib really. I feel bad for it, but he was just like, Neah! And I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> That's a hurt kitty. And he was okay, though. He just looked at me like, Dad, why? I don't want to talk. I don't want fame like this. And I'm like, just lick it, at least. Just lick the microphone. You just hear. <laughs> it's like, okay. I, okay, I, I, I'm gonna <clears throat> I'm gonna get this right now because I fucked up a long time ago and I felt like a dumbass. Not Australia, goddammit, because mm, it's not. Our boys from down under in New Zealand, from the Esoterica podcast, who were also amazing, and you should also go check them out. They are really fucking great and fine gentlemen. They ask us, "What is your favorite moment ever in a video game?" There's just so many good moments, like, like I'm I'm digging deep for these because I've been gaming since I was like six, and I think the first time, well, one of the f- few moments, the first time I played Ocarina Time was probably one of my favorite moments because just the very moment that I'm a, a child, think, and I pick up the Master Sword inside the Temple of Time. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, is that the end of the game? Like, what the hell is going on? Yeah. And come to find out that you're a badass adult Link. And I'm like, oh, what the fuck? It f- makes sense. It's so cool. Like, now I can be an awesome person now. It's, it, oh, that, that made me, like, chill just thinking about it again. Oh, I love that moment so much. Um, 
But I mean, again, Zelda's been one of my favorite games, period, from the beginning to now. So there's a lot of moments in there that are pretty memorable, but that one was probably my prime out of all of them. Um, and then here recently, like Borderlands has been pretty occupant of my time. And just getting that character built just right, especially with like Krieg. Like when I got Krieg to where he is now, he's like almost 70 right now. Mm. Just buzz axe every fucking motherfucker in that game. It's just so satisfying. Just like seeing that damn thing flying, everybody exploding and shit. I'm like, oh, this is like, I can melt from an orgasm right now. This is so great. But yeah, outside of that, I mean, there, I'm probably thinking some more as you mentioned yours, but yeah, there's just so many. There's a few too. I mean, <clears throat> I can't really. It's hard to narrow shit down because I think of, I'm thinking about it in terms of like when you play a game, uh, especially maybe like in a story or like an, an event that takes place in in said video game. There. And I keep mentioning the Spider-Man PS4 game, but it was just a really great playthrough and it was a really great story. I think there are a couple of key moments in that game that stand out for me. And one of them is um, the moment when it's revealed that... Spoilers, obviously. Okay. (laughs) I was waiting. Uh, uh, The moment when... Norman Osborn goes back into his lab in his penthouse and reveals that Harry has not been on vacation the whole time, but has been in this fucking water stasis tank with the symbiote. And that blew my fucking mind because I'm thinking, shit, they're going to give Harry Osborn the fucking symbiote, and he may be Venom in the next one. Mm-hmm. Also in that game was when Miles Morales reveals to Peter Parker that he got bit by the spider and he jumps up on the roof and then Parker in turn turns around and does the same shit. And it's Mm -hmm. like, I love their character dynamic with each other as Peter is just kind of like, I need to be for this kid essentially what Tony Stark was for him in the the, um, MCU. Mm -hmm. Like kind of a... um, Mentor. Yeah. And... As far as moments for that game, the whole story, I think the Doc Ock, the Otto Octavius dynamic to where Parker worshipped him, wanted to be him, like not in a bad way, but like Parker looked at Otto Octavius as like the like the best thing to happen to science and like the person that wanted to legitimately change the world. And knowing that he like accidentally had a hand in creating some of the tech that he winds up using for his arms and, you know, the whole the whole tie in with that was was really well done and um it was a just a really good emotional arc and now as far as uh i think as far as holy shit moments are concerned i say holy shit and my definition of holy shit's like a little different than like oh my god this reveal or that reveal i i think one of the greatest moments in a video game for for me personally and this is probably so fucking minor compared to people that could talk about like Halo and you know um, stories that like, games that have like humongous stories. I vividly remember playing Grand Theft Auto's Vice City, 
and rolling across an exact recreation of Tony Montana's mansion from the fucking movie Scarface. Yeah, I remember that place. And I was like, what the fuck? I can buy this motherfucker? Mm-hmm. I bought that motherfucker, too. Say hello to my big old house. Yeah. But, I, I, again, I, I think the Spider-Man one was, like, the, the greatest for me personally because uh, that, that shit has always has me in an emotional fucking conundrum with myself. Um, that game really got me going, like, emotionally when Aunt May passed away. Yeah, that's the other one, too. And like, it's... Oof. I have not cried so hard in a video game. Like, Wait, that... They they fought against it too. Uh, I want to say the game company, yeah, because the game company wanted the killer. Marvel didn't want him to, and they sent them all the work they had done on it, and they were like, "Wow, you're doing such a fantastic job. You can fucking kill her." Yeah, like they didn't do it just to kill her. Like there was a there was a reasoning behind it. Yeah, it was pretty much like how Ben died. That gave Peter that motivation to be better or to take responsibility for what he has now. Mm-hmm. Now is basically the same role, but it's just Peter was so on the edge of like, if he's doing anything right with what he's got with him. And MA is like, no, you have been such a blessing to this world. Like, don't ever doubt yourself. Yeah. And her lying, her dying breath was pretty much the wake up call that Peter needed to snap out of it. And man, it was just seeing how well that they animate his face to just, deal with grief like it was just so heartbreaking mm. you know i didn't want her to die either like i was i knew i kept telling myself the entire time that they released that toxin in the air i was like i knew they were going to kill her off and i was just i wasn't ready for it and it happened and I, I like i said i just i wasn't ready yeah neither was i um not not at all for that it, it was but it was again a good emotional weight for that story mm-hmm. but and it, yeah Say as far as other games concerned, like like you said, you nailed one of them with with uh, with uh, Zelda: The Ocarina of Time. I also really enjoyed like some moments in Wind Waker. Um, also, oh, speaking of Zelda, I just remember this scene. Like it hits me so hard too, like emotional wise. The very last moments of Day Three, where you do the I can't remember the name of the quest, but it's based on a. Uh, um, Angie and Kaiju or Kaiji, whatever his name is, mm-hmm. the guy that gets shrunk into a kid and he's getting married to Angie or Anju. There's this whole sequence of quests that you have to do to basically reunite them. And the very last moment on day three is like within the last, I think, 12 hours or six hours, something like that. And they have this very heartwarming reunion where she has her dress on this little mannequin right next to her and the mask in her hand that she has. And he finally got a hold of his mask for the wedding and they combined the two to make the uh, the marriage mask. Oh, I forget what it's called. But mm. anyway, the point is they realize that no matter what happens to either one of them, that their love for each other can triumph even through darkest times. And it's just, you can't help but just tear up watching them unite and just hold each other while the moon is crashing down on Termina. Like, they're pushing through all obstacles, even till death. Like, that's just such a memorable moment to me. Like, I can never forget that one. And then another moment that I just recall, too, while you were talking, 
the reveal of who you are in uh, KOTOR. Yeah, that's a good one, too. I remember playing that game and just enjoying Bioware's attempt at the Star Wars universe, like the customization, the battle sequences, stuff like that. And the story was just phenomenal. But what I wasn't expecting was you are you were the main villain. Yeah. And you just... What a mind fuck. Like, I, I, you have decisions. Like, okay, I can be the dark side or I can be the light side. But you have such a tie-in to the dark side already that, like, do I really want to be that bad person again? Or do I want to overcome that and be the good side? Well, me personally, fuck, fuck the light side. I'm going to go to the dark side no matter what. But it was just like, it was such a mind fuck, like you said. Like, how can you sit there... And not like, oh my God, what the fuck is going on with this scene? Because like, you finally reveal like your past, and there was such an impact on the future, and you can't forget that kind of shit. I, I actually have one that's that's kind of funny, and it's not. I, I, I say greatest moment for a comedic reason. Um, if anybody out there, especially you guys over there, um, if you've ever played the original um, Ghosts and Goblins for, for Nintendo. You you beat the game, okay? But you don't beat the game. The fucking reveal that the entirety of that game was a fucking dream sequence and you have to beat it a second time to actually beat the game yep. is a really fucked up, oh my God, are you serious, troll moment. Mm -hmm. So that is pretty funny to me. Also, I think... Um, I might have mentioned this before. My Ninja Gaiden freak out. <laughs> it's not so much. No, the we best. talked about this outside the other day. This it's it's not so much like the greatest moment. It's probably like one of my most memorable moments because it's such a phenomenal game, but the difficulty on Hurricane Pack or Black or whatever the version is, is such a fucking bitch. I got to this fight with Rachel's sister, that demon cunt that like flies around the cathedral and throws those pillars at you and shit I did not realize how hard games were until I played that game I stood in my grandmother's house with my Xbox controller in hand for a solid hour trying to beat that bitch I got so fucking ragey I threw my controller towards the wall and it cracked all along the seam of where the controller like went together, I threw that game back in the pile for a year. I was so fucking done with that game. That sounds like me and Arkham Knight. But Arkham Knight, I can understand because that fucking mm -mm, that yeah, Batmobile like, shit. Yeah, the thing about Arkham Knight that I hated the most was was working the Batmobile because they they made it almost seemingly impossible to do, especially uh, in the underground uh, tunnel sequence where you're fucking uh, fighting Deathstroke. And, and the giant fucking drills that are coming. Man, fuck that game. Mm -hmm. Seriously, fuck that game. I, I beat it finally, but fuck that game, dude. Like, uh. Also, <laughs> a new, a fairly new memory, like, I think it's like six or seven months ago. Maybe longer than that. I don't remember. Um, Horizon Zero Dawn, yet again, just highly recommend a game for anybody on PAS4. Um, there was a mission that I did where I had to scale this old relic building of the 
company that basically created spoilers. Um, they created the protocol that pretty much caused all the events of the current game. Mm. They made this system to where they have life pretty much cease to exist. And there's a backup plan. And there's these, like, I think it's like seven or nine different um, AIs that basically repopulate the Earth, like, one by one. And they find out, you know, who created them. Well, your character, um, I can't remember her name. Starts with an A. Y'all know what I'm talking about. She ends up going to the building, and you have to scale the building, like, trying to avoid all the traps and, you know, enemies and stuff like that. But when you get to the very top of that building, and I think it's one of the highest points in the game, you literally see, like, the landscape in front of you, like, just the mountaintops and the sun rising in the background and just the wind blowing from, like, high elevation. Like, it's like a what the... It's like wow moment. I think I had almost that same feeling whenever I first played Breath of the Wild, just seeing exactly how open it was Mm -hmm. and just how large the map is. And yet again, another solid game, like, highly recommended game, too. And I have moments like that with that game, but I think with Horizon Zero Dawn, it was a new world that nobody has ever heard of, like a new environment, a new story, just a new style overall. But it was so well done that like any moment in that game was noteworthy. But just either that moment or taking down one of the um, Thunder Jaws for the first time. Yeah. Because, oh my God, like that is just anxiety-inducing is just taking those fuckers down because they're bigger than a fucking hill. Yeah. And I have strategize so many times how to take these fuckers down and a few of them work but just when they catch you you're fucked (laughs) and it's just like I said it's thrilling but at the same time anxiety inducing to overcome that obstacle and that's why I just I love that game so much because it has this beautiful moments then it has this like thrills and then it's just oh shit moments I have I, I have like one one more and it's from my childhood. So the very first game that I ever beat was Kirby's Adventure for the NES, okay? So I, I feel like for me, it's not that I beat it was that was the, was the greatest or the, the my, my favorite moment. I think why it's my favorite moment was going through all the levels. Um, like obviously the story involves the star rod being stolen from the Dream Fountain, which keeps everything in Dreamland, you know, safe. So when you get to the end, it's been telling you the whole time that King Dedede had taken the Star Rod. And you're, you're kind of like, okay, well, you get to the end uh, of the seventh stage and you, you fight him and you beat him and you take the Star Rod. But when that happens, you're trying to go put it back on the fountain and Dedede is dragging at your feet, literally dragging at your feet like, with tears and he's like, don't fu-. he's like, don't do it. He's just shaking his head, like, no. So Kirby kicks him and slams the star rod into the fountain. But when he does that, Nightmare fucking shows up and basically hauls ass into space and DDD pulls Kirby, it's like sucks him into his mouth with the star rod and fucking uh projectile launches Kirby into space after him, and you fight him with the star rod. But the moment that I'm talking about is when you beat the game 
you find out that DDD didn't steal it for his own intentions. DDD stole it to protect the town and the rod from coming into possession of the of the villain nightmare and it's like holy shit you know for me that was like oh my god ddd was not the bad guy here mm-hmm. and the whole time i was 100% convinced that this fat penguin fuck was the fucking villain so as 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 my earliest memory of gaming that is probably like one of my most uh favorites because of that that kind of twist you know what i'm saying so that for me was one super mario world and i'm gonna tell you why when you're 1992 93 whenever this game came out i forget exactly um there wasn't any kind of way besides like nintendo power or having to go to your local store to find some way to just uncover everything well i didn't have access to all this stuff so I played the game like it did normally. And I replayed it so many times. It's my favorite Mario game, even above Mario Odyssey. And that's a good game, too. Yeah. But the best moment from playing that game was when I found out Star Road existed. Because I was like... Yeah, all the secret levels and shit. Yeah, because... You played this game so many times, and you just discovered this like hidden path in one of these worlds, like especially in, um, oh, what was it, Donut Plains, when you find the way to the star down there, and I was like, wait, there's this other hidden path. Let me go up here, and the star pops up, and I'm like, hmm, what is this shit? And do the warp up, and it's like this whole fucking star shaped map. I'm like holy shit, there's more to this game that I didn't even know about. Yeah, that's. I think that's the first time <clears throat> that I, I figure out how to beat it without having to go through every world. Yeah, because you the can literally vanilla... go from world 2 to world 8 in, like, instant. Yeah, you go to the vanilla dome, and you beat the uh, level that's on top of the left side of the thing, and you get to there, and you beat, like, the star roads in certain succession. You go to the bottom right corner, that takes you right to Bowser's Castle. The back door. Yeah, exactly. But also... I played those over and over again, and I eventually found yet again the extra extra stages. Like, like oh, what was it? <laughs> it was like dude, tubular, outrageous, Amondo. Yeah. yeah, man, I can't tell you like how mind blown I was at this point. And also, fuck that one world where you had to do the pee like balloon shit through the whole fucking ma- world. I was like, uh, uh-uh. there, this this can't be a fucking, and it is. You have to float through the whole entire world just to beat it. That was close to rage-inducing, too. Because you don't have any other ability besides your own skills to know when to go down, when to go up, when to move, and to be there fast enough to get the next balloon, basically. Yeah. But just being able to discover, like, you beat this whole game, you know, world for world, and got to Bowser, beat it, but there's still more shit you didn't find. I'm like, back when I was in, like, middle school... That was like a huge deal because, you know, you don't you don't do that stuff very often. Like they don't make games that like make you do more after you beat it. Back in the day, yeah. Nowadays, you pretty much have to buy DLC or, you know, wait months before they add stuff to it for free. But you know, back then it was like a huge deal. You know. Oh, absolutely. Because <clears throat> I think it was, it was one of the few games that. Uh, 
people were finding out then. You know what I mean? Uh, to do that with because like you you see these games, especially like with Castlevania Two as a prime example, where years later it's like, oh, this is what you're supposed to fucking do mm-hmm. because that game spoke uh, so cryptically. So definitely. Yeah. But yeah, those are those are moments. That was that was a good question. That's a lot of uh, that's a lot of answers. That's a very loaded answer question. <laughs> Speaking of loaded. God damn it, Devin. I love you. If you could sleep with any female from an anime, who would it be? And I toned that question down big time. Uh, I can just imagine what the original question was. But I don't put it past Devin for this. Yeah, and it's funny, though. because like, It's not that it was like... It's not that it was so ridiculously out there, toned down. I basically was just like, you know what? I'm 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 gonna ask it straightforward, <laughs> and that's pretty much what it is. So, I mean, I, I, where I, do you begin with this one? Like, yeah, that's a good one. Where do you begin? I I can tell you right now, I already have my absolute like like number one pick. But I mean, you go please, ahead. No, I was gonna say you please go ahead because like it's just I don't know. Like it is a, it is a loaded question in its own right because. Just, oof. I mean, in high school, I had the biggest crush on all the girls from Tenchi. Mm. I mean, especially Ryoko. Like, just something about this demonic space pirate kind of chick just kind of rubbed me the right way. Um, but, I mean, not to mention all the other girls in there, like uh, Ayaka and um, Washu and all them just... I don't know. I just I had this big thing for them back in the day, um, and then again, like um, what was her name? Karu from Kenshin. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know why. I just I, th- I thought she was pretty cool. But other than that, um, I don't really think about that very often. <laughs> yeah, I don't either. But like I said, like as soon as I saw that question, I was like, well, I have like a top one. I actually have like a, t- a top two that that would be for me. And it's just it's funny just because like that's that goes back to the whole like who was your first childhood cartoon crush? People's like gadget from Chippendales, fucking um like Jessica Rabbit, you know, from like, you know, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. For me, um it's not the top one, but like one of them would be uh Masane from uh, Witchblade. Oh, I was about to say her too. And my other one would be uh Ren Asugi from Daughters of Nima's Sign. It's the green hair, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but she's just a badass, too, though. That's the, that's the other thing. Is that both of them are badasses. Mm-hmm. Just like, holy fuck. Plus, yeah, plus I, Ren is immortal, so she would outlive my sorry ass. I can't think of her name from um, Sword Art. She was the one that uh, hooked up with Homeboy. I can't think of their names either, but she kind of stood out a little bit for me. Um, and then, like you mentioned, Witchblade, just Witchblade anime is just sexual, period. Because when they transform, like the character transforms into her persona's Witchblade, like it's just, it feels like Bayonetta. Just, yeah, that's ov- that, ov- yeah. Overly sexual, just, okay, we're, we're getting some arousal here. Let's, let's do this. Um, but yeah, just was it Asuna? Asuna, yeah. 
from yeah. Sword Art. Yeah, from I had Sword to Art. think. Yeah, yeah, I have I had a thing for her too. And then, weirdly enough, and this may sound really strange, but major from Ghost in the Shell. Oh hell yeah, dude! That's not strange at all, man. Because I mean, she's a hardcore bitch. Like she's just badass and. Like, how can you not fall for that? Yeah, how absolutely. Can you not want that? Even if it's like a, a like a suit, like a, yeah. a mech, mech thing. I mean, fuck yeah. <laughs> and besides, she ran around naked half the time anyway, <laughs> in cloak form. So new droid. Yeah. Yeah, I think at least those two for me is uh, Asane and uh, Rin mm-hmm. Asugi because why not? And that that that's all. Uh, that's all the questions. I'm uh, hoping we can do this again one day and actually have you know more questions to answer. I I generally enjoy doing these episodes, so that's like a that's a thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's a uh, that's it for that. Um, we have episodes coming in the next couple weeks. Um, Friday, we've got a catch all episode coming out. We talk about. Uh, some of the Marvel announcements from the San Diego Comic Con. We have uh, Terminator Dark Fate. We have like AEW wrestling. We, we have all kind of shit on this one coming out. Some so. more Monster Cat talk. Yeah, dude. Like all kind of shit. So, you know, absolutely um, pay attention and listen to that one when it comes out. Mm-hmm. This can be some fun. Uh, we got <clears throat> Colt Cinema Showdown, UHF versus Stay Tuned coming the week after that. I, right now, uh, like July is about to end, and I want to say like today when you're listening to this, it's actually going to be the 31st. Yeah, so you'll be you'll be out of July by the time this all happens. We're gearing the fuck up for Halloween, like already. We've been in Halloween mode since January. Actually, no, a lie. We've been in Halloween mode since last Halloween ended. Yeah, twenty four seven. Uh, I want to do a watch party again at some point. That was a lot of fun. We we hosted a uh, watch party on our Facebook page for Miami Connection not long ago, and that was pretty goddamn fun. It was. Yeah, so we'll, we're thinking about doing that again one day. But uh, Somewhere on Facebook. Somewhere on Facebook <laughs> in Miami. Maybe not in Miami, but close yeah, to Yeah, true enough. <laughs> But anyway, I, that's that's all I got for this one, and uh, that's that's all your questions. Thank you guys very much for um, sending them in, and we'll do this again sometime. Mm-hmm. It'll be a lot of fun. But we're gonna roll out of here. I keep forgetting wearing headphones and hearing that fucks with me as it, it goes from one ear to the other with the drum. Okie dokie. That was a good Q and A session. Till next time. I'm Midnight Agent Raw. I'm Okami. Shades on. We're off. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.